old and welcome to episode number 11 of Chris and Matt write a blockbuster the paradigm shifting genre busting podcast that's changing the way both podcasts and Hollywood work as the two of us write a soon-to-be hit blockbuster movie while chronicling the experience through the podcasting medium to um, show the world our creative process and to perhaps teach a lesson or two or even three along the way. Yeah, maybe we'll even make a friend. Maybe we'll even make a friend. Uh, uh, but like a big shot in Hollywood friend, like, I don't know, like uh, Harvey Weinstein or somebody. Maybe we'll become friends with Harvey maybe, Weinstein. Maybe not, maybe not Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe the other, the other Weinstein brother. Is he still cool to become friends with? Uh, I don't know. You don't hear much about Bob. Ever. No, it's, it's almost as though um, uh, his brother's status as one of Hollywood's most successful monsters has uh, sort yeah. of overshadowed his, uh, you know, his sort of like a legacy. before he was one of the most successful monsters, he didn't hear much about Bo- old Bobby, as I call him. He was a real, um, the Olsen twins brother that nobody ever talks about. Yeah, Jashley. <laughs> the, uh, whatever his name is, I don't know what his name actually is. Uh, or, uh, or, is like, uh, or the the smart guy, Tia T- Tamara's oh, yeah. brother. Yeah, Todd. I want to say yeah, it it's not Todd. Todd. <laughs> There's no way it's Todd Mowry, is it? I, I think it starts with a T. Maybe Todd Mowry. I mean, you got you got Tia, you got Tamara, you got Todd. Todd <laughs> <Mowry>. <laughs> well, when I put Todd Mowry into uh, Google search, it didn't. Uh, Wait. Well, I may also spell Maori wrong, so that could also be a problem. Uh, Stan, no. This is one of. Do you think you're <laughs> the only person on Earth right now searching for Todd Maori? <laughs> yes, because the number one search is a professor in the computer science department at Carnegie Mellon University. So that's Ooh. definitely not his name. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Matt. Uh, I'm Chris. Uh, together we're Chris and Matt, and together we're writing a blockbuster called Seth Christ, colon, Ballistic Reckoning, the first and presumably a series of Seth Christ motion pictures. Yep. Uh, Seth Christ TV shows, mm-hmm. novelizations, lunchboxes. Do kids um, these days still have lunchboxes? No, they don't even eat lunch anymore. Mm. Every, you know, they don't get lunch because they're worried about peanuts making everybody allergic. So now yeah, all foods are all foods oh, are now man, banned. For lunch. All these kids, you know, you can't even give your kid poison to bring to school anymore. <laughs> no. It's like you know, you can't even get. Yeah, now all foods are banned, and lunch is forbidden. Eating at school yeah. property is forbidden. I wonder if like now all those like um like when I was in my younger days, we'd have uh vending machines like in high school, and I'm sure there was like peanut M and M's in there. I wonder if those are no longer allowed. Yeah, those are uh, sealed off in a like mm. a, some sort of sealed off chamber, like the type uh, of uh, cryogenic chamber they 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 seal off uh, an Austin Powers type in. Ah, uh, yes. The irony, of course, is that if people exposed their children to peanuts when they were younger, there'd actually be a less proliferation of um, uh, peanut allergies. But people's fear that their child will have a peanut allergy is actually one of the reasons that the peanut allergy has manifested it so much in this modern time, unfortunately, you know? So do you but, think that, like, if it were, like, uh, sort of like chicken pox, if, like, parents just rubbed <laughs> peanuts all over their, their infants at a young age, the infant would grow an immunity to peanuts? 
Uh, I mean, it couldn't hurt. I mean, it could definitely hurt if they're alert. But I mean, I, I, this is based off. Yeah, it could, it could definitely hurt. This is based on an article I read, a scientific article I read um, several years ago at this point. So my knowledge on the subject is limited to that one article. But on the other hand, I feel confident speaking about it, you know, as an expert, because that's the sort of confidence that leads me to know that Seth Christ's Ballistic Reckoning is going to become the number one movie at the box office for, like, the first, like, three weeks when it comes out. It'll be more successful than uh, whatever the successful movie is when this podcast comes out, because it's not going to come out for a few Weeks, so I didn't uh, want to name the pot the movie. As I'm a just gonna of... take a, I'm just gonna take a guess at what the most popular movie in America will Go be that it. week. The remake of Bulletproof Monk. Oh, yeah, that could be it. Good old, uh, you know, because people never tire of monks that are bulletproof. We should maybe have a bulletproof monk in our script. That's something. That's, that's a great see. idea. That's a that's a fail safe uh, archetypal yeah. character that everyone loves. A what, monk what, if, uh, what if what uh, if dipshit Giuseppe turns out to be a bulletproof monk at the end? <laughs> like he's stupid. And he's a comic relief character, but also he's a monk who's bulletproof. It's it's a little bit of everything. He's a real. It's like a twist. People once they come to say, "Oh, this character is really dumb," but in the end, it'll be like how. <sighs> oh, there it is. <laughs> it'll be like how. Um, at the uh, end of Repo Man, the you know uh, the guy at the Repo lot that was like seems like he was like the the weird like you know dumb one. Well, spoiler alerts for Repo Man coming up. <laughs> spoiler alerts for a 1984 motion picture Repo Man. Um, uh, but yeah, the, uh, now I get shit. He wasn't. No, he was Miller, wasn't it? He, it was Miller. Was that the guy who? Uh, Got in the car that nobody else could get in, and then, like you know, flew it through space with Otto. Cause Harry Dean Stanton, of course, was Bud, and there's a guy mm. named Light. But I'm pretty sure Miller was the guy who didn't actually drive, as his first type of course driving a car. But he didn't really drive it. Fucking it yeah, magic. Speaking of delayed spoilers, uh, I went to the movies yesterday. I saw mm-hmm. the new Halloween. It's a fun film. Mm-hmm. Before they had a a, a trailer for uh, Happy Death Day to You, and at the in the beginning of the trailer, they tell you what happens at the end of the first movie. And Whoa! I hadn't seen the movie yet, and I said, "Come on, guys!" <laughs> yeah, that's real uh, bold of them to be like, you know, assuming like that. Oh. Because like Everyone the thing you want to do is like, yeah, movie. is like you'd want you think the sequel to one entice because like you don't need to entice fans of the first one. You need to entice newbies. Yeah, they already love it. So you get those newbies by you and you get them by not spoiling the first film that they now won't want to watch, and so they're not going to watch uh, that either. I haven't seen Happy Death of the Day. I haven't even seen you know Sad Death Day, which is what <laughs> most death days are. I haven't even seen Death Day. Uh. Do you think that uh, the next one's going to be called uh, Happy Death Day to You, Cha-Cha-Cha, and they're just going to keep adding to it? Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> the next one's going to, the one after that's going to be called uh, How Dead Are You Now? Yeah, uh, and then it'll be... Um, then uh, it's just, ha- are you dead? Are you dead? Are you dead? Yeah, and then and- uh, for He's a Dead Good Fellow, though it completely changed the song, but it'll be sort of a different sort of song people singing groups in like offices while somebody's holding a cake in their hands. I'm assuming. I've never worked right. in an office. There's um, also, of course, uh, just uh, the random chance of hip-hip, he's dead, which will be sequels as well. <laughs> yep. 
of course, uh, yeah. But so we are writing a Happy Death Day sequel. Although obviously we're up for it at some point. If the money's right, we'll write the sequel to Happy Death Day. It doesn't have to be called mm-hmm. Happy Death Day to You Cha Cha Cha. But that is the title I would go with personally. Where in case you know, so that's there. Like we'd like to say, uh, Matt and I, if I may speak for Matt, is a. Uh, We'd like to um, put our hat in the ring for the third movie in the Happy Death Day series. Uh, so, barring something unforeseen, we call dibs, and nobody else can write it except us. It's ours, and nobody can, you know, not even the people who own the rights to the movie and get to actually make those decisions. They are all null and void, thanks to mm-hmm. us calling dibs. Yep, this is the, uh, as we've done before, this is the uh, the the same thing as... Uh... Uh, mailing yourself an idea mm-hmm. to certify it. Yep. Uh, and but before we can write the third movie in the Happy Death Day series, we have to finish Seth Christ Ballistic Reckoning. So we should probably get to the um, task at hand, which is writing the next sort of like uh, scene or so of the movie. Yep. So uh, where we last left off, uh, we saw the makings of the WNBA. Yeah. Um, and uh, we saw a little bit of their background uh, mm-hmm. in crime. Uh, we know now that the minions are in the movie. <laughs> the minions and, are, yeah. Uh, in this uh, scene, we uh, go back to uh, what's been up with Seth, who has just left the hospital. Mm-hmm. He's talking to Dasha on the phone, mm-hmm. and he's telling her that he's very sad that his his one true friend is now gone. Mm-hmm. Friend and, and mentor. Like he's lost lost a father and that he never even knew his father because as soon as he could move he said to his mother i'm leaving because <laughs> at some point someone's gonna come for me and yeah. i can't let that happen to you and father so i'm heading out on the rails yeah and then uh, all packed i'm going to take the 8 30 to toledo and you can't stop me and then he's so overcome with emotions about uh, ducky that he steps into a spotlight and sings the uh, St. Vincent song, New York. Uh, mostly the part where he's like, I have lost a hero. I have lost a friend, but for and then you. He, he moves a little bit. He moves a little bit more. And then uh, the uh, he it turns into a medley of other songs called New York. And he sings Frank Sinatra's New York, New yeah. York. He sings Ace Frehley's back yeah. in the New York he, sing, he sings the uh, uh, New York's All Right by Fear, which is a yeah. problematic song in the modern era, but he does it. I mean, it's very bold, but I mean, you know, he, he's, he's, on a, he's, he's doing New York stuff. He has to sing that song. Dasha says to him while he's on the phone, he says, that's a problematic song for yeah. this era. And he says, hey, I'm grieving here. And Dasha yeah. says, I'll let it slide, but honestly, yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. So he says, like, uh, I don't like the implication of how you're describing saxophones. Yeah, or, or, or the part where they say New York's all right if you're a homosexual. Mm-hmm. Which is perhaps the more uh, problematic part than the saxophone description. But we'll leave that up to um, future. I mean, we're just, you know, we're just the uh, av and we're just the conduits for Seth um, Christ's grieving. We don't agree with every decision Seth Christ makes. We're just because no, we're writing you know, the film. This is not an endorsement. No, just I mean. In fact, like, nothing that nothing that I just should want to maybe maybe cut this out and put it at the beginning of every episode. Nothing that happens in this 
uh, movie is an endorsement. No. Uh, of We're just writing, actions that should take place. Yeah. It's kind of like how, like, um, you know, Saving Private Ryan, yeah, Steven Spiegel, Spielberg made that movie, but in real life, he actually wanted the Nazis to win. And, but he was just telling a story. Again, this is not an endorsement of what Mr. Spielberg may or may not want. <laughs> That's just what I heard. I, I mean... He he because he's making Schindler's List and he started like reading more and more about sort of the situation. And he's like, you know what? These Nazi guys, maybe they had a good idea or two. I'm gonna you make a I would, I, would uh, I would encourage anyone to cut out the part of the podcast where Chris says, you know what? Those Nazis had some pretty good ideas, and just kind of flood the internet with it. <laughs> Please don't. Um, uh, I don't think that counts as a doxing. I, mean, I don't think it counts as a dachshund either, which is a kind of dog from yeah, Germany. Does it count as a dachshund or a dachshund? <laughs> Better luck next time. Be Anywho. you know what would be fun is if uh, in the future, future Shakespeare wrote a dox on your house. <laughs> yeah, or a dachshund comma your house, which is what uh, you say when you show your dachshund the new doghouse you built for them. A dachshund, comma, your house. That's good uh, stuff. Yeah. But uh, that, we're clearly on uh, firing at all cylinders here, so we've, we're going to have a great scene when all of a sudden... That, so the big musical number uh, finishes, and then Seth is like, are you still at the safe house? She says, of course, I haven't left the safe house. I'm. You That's know, when they hear a clicking, and, and Seth says, this line is tapped. Yeah, and so he smashes his phone like he's uh, Saul Goodman. Uh and then he's like, he's running, he's running, he's running, he's racing, racing, racing. There's a, a knock at the door of the uh, safe house, and then uh, somebody goes, housekeeping. And then, like, uh, Dasha, she's not used to being a safe <laughs> Dasha house. Dasha says, housekeeping at a private residence? <laughs> a safe house? I know he's supposed to know about. She says, only in L.A. And she opens the door, and boom, it's Rip Torn and a couple of his minions. And, they, and the minions... Uh, little minions uh, grab her, and then he gets up they in her. Grab her. <laughs> yeah, he gets they all... grab her and take her away. But then the minions enter the house and start cleaning because it really was a house cleaning service. Yeah, it's both. Uh, and then, like next thing we know, like um, uh, Dasha's in like you know, like we see like like a hood on a head, and the hood's pulled off, and Dasha's like all tied up in a chair, and she's in WNBA headquarters, and Rip Torn gets all up in her face and says. You want to know how I got these scars? And she goes, what are you talking about? You don't have any scars? And he goes, oh, sorry. Uh, I got my plan uh, for this from the movie The Dark Knight. And so I'm just sort of like, I'm really trying to inhabit the character. And so, I, I mean, I don't have any scars, but I just, I'm trying to get that whole Joker thing going on. Yeah. And she's like, well, I understand that, but it's kind of like, I mean... You're not really like an agent of chaos, as far as I understand the NBA. You're like a terrorist group with more like you know specific goals in mind. So you don't really have like a Joker ethos. He goes, look, it's not a perfect uh, you know like for like metaphor, but everybody loved Heath Ledger's Joker. People, everybody loved The Dark Knight. It's a great movie. And she goes, I'm not arguing that's not a great movie. I'm just saying that you know you know it's not necessarily um, like uh, germane to the conversation. And he goes, also- whatever. Yeah, also, also Dasha says to him, wait, so the Dark Knight, the film, exists in this universe. Does that mean the actors within the Dark Knight also exist in this universe? Does that mean other actors exist in this universe? Does that mean, like, Zac Efron exists in this universe? Like, actors like that? And that's when uh, her her face starts to melt. (laughs) And then... uh... And she starts to be erased from the film. (laughs) And then 
Um, he goes, wait, I know how to solve this. And he gets a VHS tape of the movie Spaceballs. And he shows her the scene in Spaceballs where they're watching Spaceballs. And they see the scene in Spaceballs that they're currently in. And it somehow sets reality back to normal. And uh, Dasha stops uh, melting or dissolving like she's in Back to the Future. And like, cause like, and everything uh, makes sense. And then um, uh, Rip Torn, oh, yeah, Rip Torn says to Dasha, "Excuse me a second, I need to call your boyfriend, Seth Christ." <laughs> yeah, and all the minions go. <laughs> and she, she goes, "He's not my boyfriend. We're just friends." And then uh, he just Riptorn's happens like, to be a boy. Yeah. Rip Torn says, "That's not what I heard, sister." And then the minions are, like, snapping, like, you know, like, his evil formation. It gets very sassy for a little while there. Mm-hmm. And then, um, uh, Jacquet, the actor, shows up to be, like, you know, <laughs> like, you know, she's also, like, a character uh, in the, she's in the minions, uh, she's in the WNBA. I, her character, her name can be, um, uh, um, I don't know. Jack- um, Jackie. Yeah, and it will be Jackie O. Nassus. And, uh, that's Jackie O. Period Nassus. Her last name's Nassus. Her middle initial's O. Yeah, Jackie Nassus. Jackie yeah. O. Nassus. Yeah. And then, uh, so that's fun for a little while. And then, like, uh, he calls yeah, up she, Seth. Wait, she just shows up and does nothing. <laughs> well, no, she'll she do. She just shows up we'll and is like her, a we'll living her, embodiment of, like, being sassy. We'll let her improvise a little that. bit, you know. Well, it's like, yeah, we'll just write this Give, like, give you her know, some space to do Jack A does her thing. Yeah. And they'll give her like five to ten minutes to do her thing, I mean, you know. We're pe- screenwriters, but we respect actors. Yeah. And we wouldn't dream of giving Jack A any lines. She can yeah. take care of it herself. It's like, it's like yeah, Judd Nelson, not Judd Nelson. Judd Apatow's a screenwriter. I don't know Judd Nelson. Maybe yeah, Judd Nelson. Judd Nelson, the screenwriter, feels the same way we do. <laughs> uh, but I say Judd Apatow, like he just like you know gives his movies over to like improvising and letting uh, uh being self indulgent and casting his wife and children uh. And it, all his, like, you know, projects, and them just sort of, like, uh, hang out or whatever. And if it's good enough for Judd Apatow, who's made upwards of one decent movie, then it's surely good enough for, you know, oh, <laughs> us. And also for Judd Nelson, who was in The Breakfast Club, and also was in a show on VH1 that was, like, a Twilight Zone, but about music, where he plays a guy oh, who, <laughs> every time... The rock star? Is <laughs> the rock star one? Throws the stuff every time, window. yeah, he meets like a. Every time he meets like a great like musician, he gets like a tremendous stomach pain. But also, they all die untimely deaths. And then his daughters mm-hmm. play the piano, and he gets that stomach pain. And he's so distraught that he asks her to fetch his ring out of the garbage disposal. At the end, at the uh, story ends with him turning the garbage disposal on to mangle her hand, so she can't become a great um, musician, so she won't die a tragic death. That 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 John Nelson, who's also a screenwriter, as far as I know. Anywho. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Rip, <laughs> Rip, Rip's calling Seth to, like, you know, uh, and he says, riddle me this, Seth, and then he's, like, he's mixing his metaphors. Yeah. He's like, uh, I have Dasha, and she's um, in danger of being exploded. We've got um, a bunch of uh, TNT uh, strapped to her chair in this location she's in. Which, I mean, this is not, like, a necessarily great plan for them because they're in their headquarters and maybe, like, blow up the headquarters. But, I mean, they're not six of one, half dozen of another. But um, he's like, but also, I've kidnapped Harvey Dent and he's tied up in a different location. And then <laughs> Seth says, like, no, not as uh, attorney general or whatever, as district attorney Harvey Dent. He's cleaning up Los Angeles for, you know, um, from criminals like you. And he's like, listen... 
Yeah, they're gonna explode at the same time. You can only save one of them. Who are you gonna save? You're gonna save. And they're Dr. just like you're just taking. He just responds. You're just taking this whole thing. <laughs> yeah. It's the whole he's thing. A, he's like, yeah. It's like, well, I mean, it worked really well, and like, so it's like, and then Seth's like, this isn't gonna end where I go to save Harvey, but you've tricked me, and I'm actually saving Dasha or whatever. And he's like, no, it's definitely not gonna end like that. Seth is like, fine. And so he goes, and he's like, ah, he's like running. He's like, I wish Ducky was here to help me. I can't. I can't let people in the LAPD know that's, about this that's, because that's what that's what Ducky appears as like kind of like a blue ghost. Yeah, and he's like, like uh, use use the force. Yeah, Seth. Because <laughs> Seth is in like trouble because he's like he's like the LAPD doesn't know he's in the CIA, and the CIA mm-hmm. like you know his mentor like the, his connection to the CIA in Los Angeles is, is dead. So he's like he's trying to get call the people to help, and he's like ah uh, he's like ah uh, he he gets some intel from the CIA about where. The headquarters are of the um, WABA, and he bursts in, and just as the TNT is about to explode, he sees Dasha, and he grabs her out of the chair. And he, grabs, he doesn't untie her; he just grabs her in the chair and runs and runs, and he dives out of the front door of the, um, you know, the building or whatever. And then the explosion goes off, and then uh, it cuts to Harvey Dent, who maybe we can internet character reprise his role, maybe now, maybe we get somebody else. It's kind of like how there's like mm-hmm. two Jokers or whatever. There could be more than one Harvey Dent. Well, uh, yeah. And then like, oh, there are more than there is more than one Harvey Dent. Yeah, and then like, uh, so like you know, because uh, it's gonna be basically a one scene cameo because it's gonna be basically it's gonna like be Billy Dee Williams playing yeah. Harvey Dent. Great, sounds good to me. And it's gonna be him going like rut row, and then boom, he explodes. And then because like you know he wasn't able to save uh, Harvey Dent, uh, but he saved Dasha. And then like that was a close one, but I'm glad you're safe. And she goes. What about Harvey? And he goes, I don't think he made it. It's like the safe house has been blown, uh, but it's also been cleaned by the minions. But we, I, he's like, I gotta take you somewhere else. I gotta take you someplace where nobody will ever think to look for you. And then he's gonna take her to maybe some sort of like secluded Funeral cottage. Home. He, yeah. puts, he puts yeah. her in a co- he puts her in a coffin, mm-hmm. and then the coffin is accidentally buried. <laughs> Sure, and then uh, yeah, because like he's like yeah, I guess that could happen. Uh, I mean, it's kind of be an anticlimactic death for Dasha, but I mean, <laughs> I guess it could work unless it's like another fake out or something. Maybe it is. Uh, she's not in the coffin. She's in yeah. the, she's in the other safe house. Ah, so like, but this other safe house, maybe it can be. Oh, what's something? This is a part of the screenplay that we usually refer to as filler. <laughs> yeah, it's like got some Where fake we just outs. Keep adding different fake outs to keep faking out the audience yeah well we gotta keep them on their toes you know uh yeah because we did have something kind of worked out and then decided i guess at the last second that we weren't gonna do that thing yeah and then like um so then let's see it was a good la play maybe the new um um uh, maybe they're in an la fitness that's a very la thing that's the new safe house is like in the back office of an la fitness on like ventura boulevard or something and that's where they're going to hold up as, like, don't worry, you'll be safe now. And they share a tender embrace uh, and, like, a tender kiss. But it's not, like, sexy because they've, they've both been very distraught. There's just, it's not a sexy time in their lives, you know, but they can have still, like, a romantic kiss. And then, uh, so, and then we'll have um, uh, maybe, like, Rip Torn and the uh, WNBA return to the explosion site. And they're like, ooh, looks like... Uh, she got away, but not for long. Done, done, done. 
and then yep. that's so, basically where the scene will end. Yep, we got more of that coming up. So, yep. so Dasha's still alive for now. She's got to, you know, <laughs> she, she, she can't last much longer because um, <laughs> if she does, because uh, we still have to really get Jane Doe and um, Seth Christ sort of having their sort of daily aunts and, you know, their Ponce daily aunts. Mm-hmm. And so, but like, so soon Dasha will have to die. But first, you know, we got to, we wanted to have it be like exciting, fake out, you know, like, I mean, obviously people when they're watching the film won't know that Dasha's going to die unless they listen to this podcast, which... Uh, if they do, then this entire movie is gonna be spoiled like Happy Death Day's ending by that trailer. Uh, but you know, you know, people know what they're getting into spoiler wise. Some people don't mind spoilers, and then they're the yeah. Some the people list. love you know they you know they love they're like they 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 don't even consider it spoiling. They consider they call it aging. They call mm-hmm. it aging like uh you know like how cheese doesn't spoil. Yeah, just ages. I mean, eventually cheese does like sort of get um rancid and moldy. Yeah, you could eat. You can eat any cheese, no matter how old. All right, I'm gonna take you up on that. I'm going to buy some uh, uh, American cheese. I'm going to leave it uh, on my uh, car engine uh, and just have it sort of be there for a few months or so, and then I will, uh, you know, take it. Yeah, and see I how you feel. Eat it, and we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, tune in to find out what happens when I eat engine roasted aged. American cheese in a future episode of Chris and Matt read a blockbuster, which is this podcast, but we're not ending this podcast quite just yet because we still have to do plugs and promotions of our things and stuff. Uh, the podcast is on Twitter at uh, C and M, write a B, and also you can email the podcast at Chris Matt Blockbuster at gmail.com. And of course, thanks to Gabber Media for hosting the podcast on their network mm-hmm. alongside other podcasts like Roach Coach and Transmissions from the Dark Side. So check them out if you like podcasts, uh, period, full stop. If you like podcasts, check them out. Otherwise, you know, who knows how you'll feel about them. You won't know until you try, like with eating hey, don't, aged cheese. Don't, don't, try, don't judge a podcast by its sound waves. Wait, no, do. Yeah. What's the equivalent? Um, uh, the cover art, I, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. No, the, judge uh, it by the sound waves, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, also, we have individual Twitters, of course, uh, at ChrisXMorgan for me. And uh, I'm at M. Shimkowitz. And so that brings this little section of the movie, uh, which is makes a lot of sense and is very exciting and a lot of good stuff happening in it that everybody will be very happy with. Uh, when all is said and done, this movie is going to really, it's going to, I mean, people are going to pay for a full seat, but they'll only need the edge of it. That's how excited yeah, the movie is going to be. Don't hype it up too much. They'll be able to, yeah, they'll be, uh, the, you know, they'll be, you know, people sometimes they'll eat popcorn in a movie or they'll like, you know, be like eating candy or whatever. But people are going to be so riveted by the movie, there'll be no popcorn eating. There'll be no candy eating. They won't be drinking yep. their giant sodas. Nobody's going to be getting a blowjob in the back of the theater. And none of these things are bad because everybody's going to be too uh-huh, riveted uh-huh. by the film. I actually yep. saw a somebody getting a blowjob in the back of the theater once. It's a thing that I actually saw in real life. During a screening of the movie, Grandma's Boy. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should end on that. Yep, absolutely. This has been Chris and Matt, uh, right a blockbuster. We'll see you again next week, movie fans.